global controls will have to be imposed and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Yeah, Sam. Welcome to another episode of Tim Fall Hat. Uh, you know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. And you know I'm here to rock, okay? <laughs> Joining me as always, my partner in crime, XG, and the place to be. Are you getting excited for the big shows this oh, weekend? I'm stoked, man. I'm excited, dude. It's going down. We're going to Arizona. Arizona is wonderful, dude. I love desert rats. I love them. <laughs> uh, they're all hot. They love blow, and they will have your baby. So that's what we're looking forward to. Um, very excited for this weekend. So uh, Thursday night, everybody. That's right. We will be uh, Tim Ball Hat Comedy Night with Eddie Bravo XG. We will be. At the House of Comedy in Arizona. That's Thursday night. That's a 7.30 show. Get your asses out there. We're super excited. Tickets are moving. This is the big week. It will be a two-hour show. XG doing stand-up. Eddie Bravo doing stand-up. Myself doing stand-up. And then we're going to do Q&A at the end. And we will run that until the wheels fall off. We are going to answer all of your questions. And then Tucson is getting interesting. We'll get into that a little later. Uh, But go to Tucson. Grab the tickets, man. Uh, we're at the 191 Tool, T-O-O-L-E. Go to 191tool.com uh, and grab them tickets. We're going to come out and then we're gonna, everyone's like, you're going to hang out? Of course we're going to hang out. Of course we're going to hang out. I mean, that's what the point is. Meet and greet. Meet all you cool looking dudes and all you dime pieces that somehow love this stuff. I still don't understand it, but they're all dime pieces and they all come out, and it's going to be a good time, man. I'm very excited about all of it, man. I'm very excited. And then, of course, uh, this Tuesday or tomorrow, it is uh, the big show. It is Comedy Chaos Live. That's right. Absolute Extract uh, presents Comedy Chaos at the Comedy Store. Second show sold out, 1030. Joe Rogan. First show, 8 o'clock. Still some tickets left. We have about 80 tickets left for tomorrow's show. It's brought to you by our friends at Absolute Extract. Go to AbsoluteExtract.com. And, dude, they got everything. They got weed. They got, they got what else they got? They got, they got, they got vape beer. Pens. They got, they got lip balm. I think that's some weed shit. They are the Reebok. I don't even want to get a Nike because Nike's in the shit right now. We'll get into that <laughs> with our guests. But I don't even want to say Nike. I want to say the Vans. They're the Vans of weed you got everything bait pens they got lip balm they I, i'm sure they got anal bleaching because i know they got some vagina stuff you put it on your vajayj and it makes you feel high as shit so all that's available they're good friends of ours and they're, they're they are literally sponsoring what i listen comedy is really crazy because stand-up is great but the number one thing that the number one point of stand-up comedy is to sell booze. It's like, get laughs, sell booze. It's like 1A, 1B. So uh, the Comedy Chaos is the number one liquor sales show at the Comedy Store. And if you know, the Comedy Store is the number one comedy club in the world, sells more tickets than any other comedy club. So you know that, you know that makes Comedy Chaos? 
number one comedy show in the motherfucking world, dog. You there know what you I'm go. saying? You know what I'm saying? Do the Aaron, math. you know it. Do Aaron, the math. Look at Aaron tried to deny it, and he just <laughs> could. He goes, you know what? Your logic is correct. So go to our friends at Absolute Abstract. <laughs> they are they are sponsoring our show. And then a big thing is at the end, uh, the first weekend in April. I am at Rooster Tea Feathers, and we're doing some special things, okay? Some very, very special things. The first, uh, the first night is the Thursday. It's April 4th, and I have my good friends at uh, Natural Cannabis Company. They're going to sponsor the first night. That means you come down, you enjoy the show, and afterwards, we're going to smoke everybody out. That's on the Thursday night. At Rooster Teeth Feathers. The next two nights is straight stand-up, homeboy. Triply dropping hammer bombs. I got about an hour. By the way, today, listen to this, Aaron, is my one-year anniversary of my comedy show, of my shooting my special at the Comedy Store, and I'm about 40 minutes into my next hour, so you're going to hear all of it at the uh, Rooster Teeth Feathers. And then Sunday night, I'm doing something very special. I'm doing uh, Sam Triply dropping Mother of all truth bombs. It is a Q&A with me all night. Come out. Rock out. So go to that Rooster Teeth Feathers. Now, guys, uh, real quick, the Patreon is killing it. Tinfoil hat. Go to Tinfoil Out Patreon. For you guys who hate Patreon, I'm now doing Subscribe Star. I'm going to get that going. But the Patreon is killing it. Uh, the, these conspiracy nows have been great. I have two mechs to rapper on next week, on this week. And then next week, I have, I'm, dude, the lineups are great. So go to, uh, go to patreon.com backslash tinfoil hat. And then, um, yeah, dude, we got a lot of stuff going on. The Instagram's killing it. We're dropping truth bombs on that. To, uh, the Twitter is all great. And that is our whole spiel. What else do we got? What do, oh, no, no, that's, that's later on. I'm very excited to have on our next guest. He is a returning champion, backed by popular demand. Uh, his book is The Octopus of Global Control. He's a giant Mike Trout fan, so we'll get in a little bit of that. Uh, please welcome returning champion to Tim Fallhat, Charlie Robinson. How are you, Charlie? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Look What's at going you. on, XG? How are you? Good, good. and you? What's new, buddy? I'm what good. have you been up to? Uh, I just got back from Anarchapulco about a month ago. That was great. You guys got you, you're coming next yeah. year. The, you're dude, coming. There's no doubt about it. Write that in stone. But before we do it, you you last time you were on here, you were talking about your uh, book, Octopus of Global Control. For those who might not have been here or listened to the last show, can you tell us a little bit about your book? Sure. Um, it's a, it's a book that uh, chronicles the voices of over 500 people that had some sort of role in some of the in most important events in in our history, not just United States history, but world history. Uh, I took the quotes from Rockefellers and Clintons and Bushes and and people like that. But then I blended in some humor from George Carlin and Joe Rogan and guys like that to to give you to sort of paint the picture of what is going on in this world, the tentacles of this octopus that are con- controlling not just the United States, but globally. And they've been doing it for a long, long time. So it's a it's a dark book. I interjected some humor in there. I've got a sick sense of humor, of course, and blended that in nicely. The book's available at, uh, um, if you want to buy it from that weirdo Jeff Bezos, he likes to take pictures of his dick, you can go to Amazon and do that. <laughs> if you want to go to barnoble.com, you can get it there. If you want the ebook, you can come to my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. Uh, just make over a $10 donation and I'll send you the ebook. So it's it's available uh, wherever you want it. 
You're a G, dude. You know, yeah, Amazon's a weird thing because, like, I'm in Hollywood. We're pitching shows. One of the places that buy now is Amazon. So what do you do? Do you not pitch to a place that is desperately looking for good programming? I mean, what do you do? That's the whole thing. It's like, you know, like I just talked to some people that Tool is coming out with their new album soon, right? And where it is now, they're going to put their entire catalog on these streaming services because forever they were basically fighting it. Well, it's just basically now gotten to the point that there's no venues for them to not stream their thing. There's no way for them just to go straight to the consumer because iTunes are about to go straight to Apple Music, which is like you're not going to be able to buy it. It's just going to be straight streaming, dude. That's how bad it's gotten because not, they're just going to get rid of their pay, paying for your uh, uh, content. They're just going to go, hey, pay the $10 for the month. Like you do on Patreon, you do, I mean, you do on, uh, you know, on Spotify, uh, on Spotify, Spotify and, pay and Pandora. That's where it's getting. So now they have to play in order to be relevant for these younger generation coming out. And that's kind of so like if you don't sell your book on Amazon, where are you going to sell it? Who's going to get? I also I think about that all the time. Like, what am I going to say? I like a uh, carrier pigeon. Am I going to send you my special on a carrier pigeon? It's kind of crazy, man. But let's get into um, this uh, anar. What's it called? Anarcho Acapulco. Anarcapulco. Anarcapulco. The uh, an Yeah, it's a great. It's the first time I've gone. It was. Uh, this is year five. Um, it's an anarchist convention in Acapulco, Mexico. Also has. Uh, it's not just anarchy. It has cryptocurrency. It has. Um, health and wellness, things like that. So it's not exactly um, it, it's not exactly what you would envision as being a bunch of guys throwing Molotov cocktails and wearing black bandanas. It was a pretty, it was a pretty uh, enlightening experience. It lasted a week. Uh, I was one of the speakers there. Um, as soon as I got done speaking, I went around and listened to everybody else that was talking. David Icke was there. Ron Paul spoke. Um, Dr. Cynthia McKinney. Um, a lot of the alternative media. It's like the Super Bowl for the alternative media. I you know, love Super it, Bowl week. You go all the all the players sort of go from one booth to the next to the next and do all the interviews. Um, there were a ton of guys there. Uh, Josh Sigurdsson from World Alternative Media, Jason Goodman from CrowdSource the Truth, um, Luke Radowski from We Are Change. Jeff oh, Berwick uh, is the host of Anarchapulco, and he has the Anarchast, and he and I have written a book together. It'll be coming out pretty soon. Um, so it was crazy, but um, I got it to Jeffrey. Yeah, there you go. There's the lineup. Um, really like the who's who of, of the alternative media and some great musical guests too. Uh, Backwards was there. Immortal Technique played. So uh, we had a we had a really good time. And you know, I think a lot of people envision a conference like that as being a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of great. Uh, you know, dreadlock wearing hippies twirling in the parking lot. And there was, of course, some of that. But mostly it was, you know, there are people that were in their 20s. There are people that were in their 60s that were there. And as an example of one of the offsite events that they had uh, Friday night was uh, three bu big full buses pulled up and people paid $20 each to go at night to a nature sanctuary and release baby sea turtles into the ocean. So, you know, Aww. it wasn't exactly a bunch of morons running around uh, I, getting getting wasted and, and acting like assholes. It was really a really well done event. Had a great time. And so what you could do is you could go to these speed, you hear all these people talk during the day. Um, you know, amazing speak, Max Egan, Benny Wills, um, 
And then afterwards, you could do like an a la carte add-on feature to it. And so I did on one night, I did ayahuasca. Started at nine <laughs> o'clock at night, went till five o'clock in the morning. I love it, eight dude. Eight times in eight hours and had and went to another dimension. It was fucking fantastic. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. the next one. I'm making my girlfriend go. She doesn't do any of these psychedelics. I'm making her go to this uh, ayahuasca thing. I'm going to the next one on this. See, I like that. I like that you're like, okay, it wasn't a bunch of Mohawk people running around Molotov cocktails. One of the best advice I ever tried to give one of my friends, Tony Hinchcliffe, in comedy, because he wanted to be the, ba- the, you know, the villain of comedy. I go, be, dude, I go, who you want to be? What villain do you want to be? He, I go, do you want to be uh, um, Lex Luthor or do you want to be the Joker? And of course he said the Joker because everyone thinks the Joker's cooler. I go, nah, dog, you want to be Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor, nobody sees Lex Luthor coming. Nobody knows he's up to no good. And he lives in a mansion. He bangs tens. He drives nice cars. The Joker lives in the gutter with psychos and scumbags. And everyone's on the watch for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I like this thing. It's like, we don't have to have mohawks and fucking anarchy on our shirt like you can bring chaos to the system without them seeing it coming that's the best kind of chaos you know i could light my hair up and be the craziest looking guy i used to have a mohawk but i had a gut and i'm like that's the worst combo because you're like (laughs) hey we want anarchy but i'm too lazy to get off the couch so my point is like i would prefer order i would prefer order to the chaos don't let them know we're coming dude obviously we call it anarchapuco but still it's like i'd rather have order i like i prefer an organization of gentlemen scumbags than a bunch of just dirt bags that's just kind of my opinion there's no what it means the the definition of, of anarchy it doesn't mean no rules it means no rulers and i think we could all agree that that's that's a good start Considering the piece of shit rulers that we currently have. Yeah, I mean, we talk, we can talk about that. I've talked that, you know, we had, uh, we're going to release it very soon, but we had uh, the lady from the Venus Project in. And the question with that is how do you deal with, with alphas? There's always going to be an alpha who wants to rule them all. How do we deal with that? I mean, because like, I'm an alpha, you're an alpha, you're an alpha, but we don't have this got to win at all costs. And you have these psychopaths out there who, they just want to rule it all, bang all the chicks, and have all the money. And it's just like that always leads to some kind of societal hierarchy. And then we get into Anunnaki and these groups that have been – the more and more I learn about the Anunnaki and this, this controller group they, contra- they, can, they created, it more and more makes sense to me. Like, like, who are the royals? Why did the royals become royals? No one can ever tell me where these royals came from. They were just – always there there's always been pharaohs there's always been leaders and who anointed these motherfuckers i look at these the royal family and i'm like there's nothing like like they could just take over there's something about them that is off and i I would what are your thoughts on that how do we have a society without somebody trying to take over well it's funny because at an archipelago david ike spoke i got to hear him for four hours and you know he's taken a lot of heat for his reptilian stuff in the past and i think uh, and i and i can understand that it it's it's black belt um conspiracy right? Boom, you know, you, there you, know, go. Uh, you get it lizard people and people on, on, on day one <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but but he you know he's been right about so many other things the royal you know talking about the pedophilia 
and talking about the the the, the control system and the the, the matrix and, and things like that. And and one of the things he talked about was the the royals and their bloodline, so to speak, and where that bloodline come from and tracing it back as far as they can trace it. And they, there's no doubt that there's a psychopathic trait to them. Um, and they're also very concerned with rituals. They're very concerned with their kids being born on the spring solstice, summer solstice, or the spring equinox, and things like that. They're there. It matters to them. There's some sort of deep culture that is embedded in them that they care about, and it might not mean anything to us, but it certainly does to them. And so it's something worth that's worth looking into. Of course, the royal family. They're they're not even they're not even English. They're Germans, you know. They're the Bauer family, and uh, and you've had some great guests on lately that can get into that probably you know way better than I can. But they're all the same, dude. They're all the, the Anunnaki the component to it. It, it, the Anunnaki part makes sounds a little crazy if you you know when you hear that early on. But yeah. uh, the more you look into it, the more it makes a little bit more sense. When you've got these bloodlines and you talk about blue bloods, you're like, what the fuck is blue bloods? You've been hearing that for your whole life, and and it starts to make a little bit more sense when you when you blend that in with the Vatican, and you know how dark those guys are, and fuck they are yeah. up to no good, of course. And it's a it's a very very evil and and sinister agenda that they're putting for. And then you have Prince Philip saying things like, when I die and reincarnate, I want to come back as a deadly virus so that I can wipe out the population. So that's, you know, that's sort of their motto in a nutshell. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more, Charlie. I mean, like, dude, just the things they do make no sense. The the cancerous stuff they put into our our food, the 5G effect on us, that sounds like a way to f- population control. And like we said last time, the one thing the farmer doesn't want is the cows right. union man and uh when we all come together and we start questioning this stuff that scares them now i don't know what kind of uh pushback we can do with i mean dude we're so uh we're so engaged in fighting with each other i don't even know if you could ever get everybody on the same page to put the do a pushback but you're right dude anunnaki is like i don't even know if that's even black belt that might be even red belt like you know it's like there, there's certain things that are a black belt, you know, it's like, was Michelle Obama man, the Holocaust, all this little thing that like, not that you believe in any of that stuff, but you can have a discussion without your head exploding. Okay. And then Anunnaki is just like, that's a real leap of faith that you have to go like lately. I've been talking to people like that and they just stare at me. Like I'm just spoke Latin to them. It happened in the day in the lobby. Yeah. And they're just like, <laughs> they were what? like, what the fuck? Yeah, Sam, great episode. <laughs> yeah. When you tell people that like, basically like according to like the, our last guest that the, like two guests ago that, uh, John Potson or whatever I'm, I'm pronounced his name. Dot, uh, what is it? John Potash. Thank you, Charlie. John Potash uh, basically says, you know, that the whole <laughs> power structure was built off the opium trade. And you tell people that their heads explode. Like they can't grasp that kind of like that kind of knowledge. And like you go back to the serpent and all that stuff. It's like it's a wonderful time to be alive. What is ayahuasca like? What? Because I'm going to do it. And I'm really like I'm sober except for psychedelics. Uh, what is what it what is ayahuasca like? Allow allow me to paint this picture for Please you. Please do. 
It is. So we were in a room. There was 40, 40 of us in a room that had been cleared out. They brought in 10 shamans. These guys were so straight out of the jungle that they didn't even speak Spanish at this point. They were really new. And uh, we, we chilled out for like an hour on these mats. And then they brought us up uh, one by one. And you drink this brown sludge that Graham Hancock described as tasting like a, a pile of dirty socks uh, mixed with battery acid and just a hint of chocolate. And that's a pretty accurate description. It's fucking just revolting. And how big was you the drink cup? That, about a half an hour goes by. Maybe like a, like a, a, a big shot. You know, maybe like two shots uh, from like a shot glass. Um, pretty muddy, you know, r- real tough to, to get down. But whatever. That goes, you get about a half an hour in. Everybody has their own barf bucket, right? And of course, in, out of all 40 people, I, the whole thing I, I'm thinking is don't be the first to throw up. Just whatever you do, don't be the first to throw up. Of course, who was the first to throw up? Me. Boom. I just couldn't couldn't help it. And I felt really bad. And then, and then everybody, there was a lady thrown up in the corner and a guy in that corner and then the guy next to me and everybody was throwing up. So I know that this is the worst sales pitch in the world for ayahuasca, but that's part of the the, the deal is that you got to drink this and you throw up your hands, start to feel clammy, you start to feel a little bit light. And it wasn't that overwhelming for me. A couple hours in, then you drink again. And, you know, it went nine out, eight well, I started at nine o'clock and walked out the door at five o'clock. And by five o'clock, I was totally fine. But um, more than anything, my trip was was fairly mild. If you've done mushrooms before, and I've done it maybe a, a two dozen times or so, um, it has a I'm hesitant to say it's like mushrooms, but it definitely has a, a mushroom effect. You know, the lightheadedness, feeling like you're floating. Couple times, you know, things got a little overwhelming because they were chanting and they're blowing. You know, they've got all this sage going and incense, and it and it does kind of feel like the parking lot of a Grateful Dead concert in there. You know, <laughs> it smells like it, and and uh, and there and there there's musicians playing, and these women were singing this beautiful song, and you're like, oh, this is fantastic, and then the. Ch- Common guys start in them with this really aggressive chanting, this rah, 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 and then everyone's just like, blah, and then everyone starts throwing up again. And it was really kind of a, it was like a roller coaster ride. And, you know, about halfway through it, uh, I, I, I'm shaking my head thinking, there's no negotiating. You know, you can't stop this ride and decide, okay, I want to get off. It's too late for that. So you just kind of have to go with it. And I would go outside every now and then. And when I went outside, the lights were real bright and everything was kind of twirling like you'd sh- like you put a flashlight on a on a disco ball and sort of spun that around. And so but you're you're conscious. It's kind of a weird thing. You're, you're not it's not like being really drunk where you're just making conversation. It doesn't make any sense. You're very conscious about what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, I kept having the overwhelming trip that like oh man, I got to reconnect with that guy. I haven't seen him so long. Why did we fade away? Like, well, oh, I moved away. I didn't keep in touch. I should, I should call him. And then I was thinking about another person. Oh yeah, I should get a hold of him. So it was a very, very positive, very intense vibe. I can understand why people do it, need to do it over and over again. Um, and then I did a couple nights later, I did the DMT session. Oh, and the DMT session is like similar, similar setting. Uh, but it wasn't like, you know, I was kind of expecting, I've watched enough Rogan to hear his his DMT things. And, and the smoking that I think is different. This, this one was was a, was like a pipe that they put up your nose and they they blow, what? you know, oh. they blow it up your nose. It's like doing rails, but it it drips down the back, of course. And it's like the worst taste. But 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 that was I didn't 
I didn't see machine elves, and I didn't get blasted backwards into the universe at light speed. Did or you anything look like up there? Did you look into trip, the sky? And I had also a very similar ayahuasca thing. Did you look into what the sky and see, like, when you smoke DMT, you look up, you go, oh, fuck. That looks like a dome, dude. I swear to God, you look up and you're like, is that a fucking dome? I'm telling you, bro. So I'm, Like a stadium? Like, no, like like when they talk about we live in a f- oh okay they like a, yeah, and okay. there's a dome above us. You look up and it looks like fucking it looks like like little like pieces like this are put together all over the place and it's just like you're like whoa what the fuck is that? It's so it's interesting, man. It's interesting. Yeah. I I think I didn't tr- get that. I didn't I didn't get that trip. I got. I'd like to get that trip, but I think that has to do with this, maybe the smoking it and it, the the different way. I did five MEO DMT, uh, and they had blindfolds on all of us, and then they had people going around with music, and so it was a very auditory trip. It wasn't as visual. I had similar feelings. Actually, the feeling with that one was more like sitting in front of an old projector and watching a movie of your life, of certain parts of your life. It was like you were there again, so it was very, it was kind of like defending your life, you know, when they're forced to watch scenes from their, their life so i didn't get that um i didn't get that geometric um trip that that a lot that people talk about and i'm excited to do it at some point and try and and see if i can go, go when, I when are you gonna be in la again the, dude when you gonna setting, be in a, it had to do with the, the when are you gonna be in la charlie i'm sorry what? when are you gonna be back in la like, uh, all the time you hit me up we're gonna make this happen dude we're gonna figure this um, out probably let's do Whenever. Let's do it. I'm up for that for sure. I'm Let's down. Do we'll get I, XG I'll, I'll over there. Go on a work trip. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right off on your taxes yep. for the next book, dude. For the next book, I got. I want to write a book. I want to well, write a it's book. It's funny because, uh, you know, I. I I was telling my wife that you know I went to the the Anarchapulco by myself because. I, you know, I just, I, I, it was a business trip for me really, but, but she's like, you're going to do all this stuff. Are you out of your mind? And I said, you know, you go to trips and stay at a hotel, you'll go to the spa, right? You'll get like a, a massage or something. Like I'm just going to another dimension, same sort of thing. It cost <laughs> 250 bucks. It was worth 500 and about halfway through the ayahuasca, I would have paid a thousand to make the vomiting stop. So it was, <laughs> it was a trip for sure. I, I, I highly recommend it. I'm going to do it. There's a, uh, there's an, on, a, I think the first weekend in June, there's a big ayahuasca like retreat going on. I've been asked to go that. I think I'm going to pony up the cash and check it out. Like, I'm all about that, dog. I'm like, what can I experience that will make me feel, you know, like I did LSD a little while ago and like, it's not shrooms. And after the, you know, after the, 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 the episode, the, the episode, I don't know if I want to do it yeah. again, but it is not mushrooms at all. It's chemical. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, so, I mean, shrooms are really my thing and I don't do, you know, I don't want to touch anything else, alcohol or any other drugs, but once in a while you got to talk to God. Now I want to get into another subject with you, uh, Charlie, uh, you brought up that you want to talk a little bit about the college entrance scandal. Uh, you went to USC and you have a couple funny stories, uh, but you think it's a big scandal and I'm wondering if it is really a big scandal or just another smoke screen to cover up on other bigger scandals going on. What's your thoughts on that? My thought is that it helped. It, I'm in favor of this entrance scandal because 
if someone wants to pay $250,000 just to get into USC, it just made the value of my tuition go up even more. So I'm, I'm fuck it, go for it. I don't care. Um, I, you look, USC is a dirty school. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I graduated from there in 95. It's, it, you know, I mean, I, I, there, I've got a story about, so when I was a senior in high school, um, I applied and my buddy applied to USC. He got a letter back from USC saying, we just want to confirm all of your information. This is your, your name. This is your social security number. Um, this is the school you go to. You're African-American. And then it says, if there's anything wrong, please write in here and fill out uh, any corrections. And he just writes in, I'm not African-American. I'm white. Right. So he folds that up, puts it in the envelope, puts it in the mail. The very next day, he gets a letter from USC saying, we regret to inform you that your application has been denied. And he's like, what the hell? Now, he had better grades than I had. His dad went to USC. His dad played. His dad was the captain of the football team and when they won the national championship oh, with OJ. Really, so he, his dude. dad is a legacy. He's got better grades than me. I got in. He should be getting in, right? He's like, what the hell? When he gets this letter, about two weeks later, after after his rebuttal when he corrected them had time to get to usc and then get back he gets another letter two weeks later saying congratulations you've been accepted so when they thought he was black they rejected him once they figured out he was white they sent him a new letter accepting him and i swear to god i saw it with my own eyes it was unbelievable and he said i'm not going there he wound up going to a different school he was so repulsed by that do you think that would happen today because i i think almost there's this push for diversity do you think that would happen today if 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 he had applied might happen in reverse yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah it, it, it might be to- totally backwards well well here's another thing so when i was at usc i was on financial aid i was not one of the kids that whose parents wrote the big check and they just were able to go there and, and, and no big deal and every time because i was on financial aid every time it came it was time for me to register for my classes there was a so I couldn't register. So I would go to the financial aid office and they'd say, oh, yeah, you got to go to this office. Then I'd go to admissions and they'd say, oh, you got to go to this office. I'd go to another office. Three days later, the hold would be removed and I could register for classes. But at that time, I was picking through all the leftover classes because everybody else who had just written the check didn't ever have a hold on their, yeah. on, their um, on their registration. They could pick whatever they wanted. This went on semester after semester. And I remember my senior year uh, – it happened again, and I said to my roommate, okay, I'm going to try something different this time. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to this office. I'm not going to that office. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to sit on my ass and do nothing. And I'm going to tell you, in three days, I bet you my registration hold will magically disappear, and I'll be able to pick through my classes. And that's exactly what happened. They would put a registration hold on people that were on financial aid so that everyone else could get the best classes. It's fucking true. It happened to me. It happened to me every semester I was there. And that's USC for you in a nutshell. Look, I have a degree from there. I should be proud. I'm not one of those raw, raw. USC fans that are super obnoxious and you know them in Southern California believe me they're yeah. everywhere as you know but um, that school is dirty it's dirty I I, I mean uh, look, it's listen and then dude. you see this admissions scandal which you said is not really a it's not scandal. it's not really a scandal this is this is why is anyone actually surprised because it's just it's a distraction and anybody see the smoke show that they tried to pay they had to pay 200 million to basically get like her and her brother in. I mean, it's like the girl's a smoke show. And then you let your daughter on a yacht 
with these fucking the administrator. You don't think they're running trains on that chick? <laughs> like, dude, it's like literally you're like, my daughter's hot. Light her up. Just give her an education so she can just like meet a pro athlete get knocked out. I mean, like, it's the most ridiculous waste of time ever. And it's just all these kind of scandals. And, uh, you know, with the FBI scandal. And now this Mike uh, Avaranti guy or whatever his name. How do you pronounce his name? The lawyer who's got the Nike uh, deal good like he got Michael Avenatti yeah he's trying yeah. to fucking he's they say he's extorting but the truth is I mean I think he's a scumbag and he's a porn lawyer and I'm not a Trump guy I don't trust any president but he's like a super scumbag okay and first of all not you're fucking with Nike and you're fucking with Trump dude you don't you can maybe in your life you can fuck with one billionaire you can't fuck with multiple billionaires and not expect to get lit the fuck up but the truth is is that Nike, just like these other guys, whether it was Adidas or uh, whatever the other scandal was, like, they're all dirty. And this Coach K from Duke bullshit that this guy has, I've been in L.A. long enough, dude. I know that dude. I've seen that dude a thousand fucking times. That guy who just loves the women. Like, Mike... Coach K is like a male feminist, right? He's just like always for the good and always loving. And behind the scenes, that dude is cutthroat. You don't get there unless you're cutthroat, which I don't mind. But now the NCAA and ESPN is basically protecting Duke, protecting Alabama football because they're giant ratings. And these guys are getting way with shit that other programs get, oh, other programs get fucking crippled for. I mean, like, look at LSU's coach. He wasn't even involved with it. He's just talking about how these middlemen are taking all the money. He's out. You got Zion, Coach K. You got Zion, the dude who got busted. And I love Zion, dude. I love Zion. He should get paid everything he wants. But this guy got busted offer asking for money, housing, and jobs for his family at another school. And you're telling me he knows he's going to be on campus for six months and he goes to Coach K just because he really wants to be part of the tradition? You're fucking full <laughs> of shit, man. But you're protecting Duke ESPN because they're just giant ratings people. And that drives me nuts. And I don't know the point. The question is, but do you believe that all this is just a cover-up for the FBI not going after anybody for real? I think we need Bet DSI to hurry up <laughs> and do these conspiracy cur- bets going because I want to know what the over-under is on how long until Michael <laughs> Avenatti suicides himself. Oh, dude, what about the last three? That dude is, that dude is asking for trouble, like you said. <laughs> what about the last three... Uh- over the last week, three people from these quote unquote these school shootings are have, have off themselves. Three of them in a, like a week span. Yeah, look. Yeah, it looks like they're tying up some loose ends there. For I mean, dude, it is creepy yeah. as shit. And my girlfriend's like, these things are happening. They do happen, man. They do happen. But when you're associated with two of the craziest like incidents where people question what's going on. Okay, and you uh, you get off. It's like you don't know what those people were telling the other people. You don't know what was going on with that, and it's just crazy how the, and they're all the same. Like guns, or I don't even know was it guns or hanging. It's like really crazy, dude. Really crazy. Um, 
Well, and if you remember the the Las Vegas, some of the Las Vegas shooting victims too, when they got home, they wound up turning up dead as well. So this is this is this is happening. It's not coincident. Yeah, one or two, you know, maybe. But uh, to have a string of these happening all at once because they're what they just decided this week that they're all full, full of grief and survivors' remorse that they can't go on and get the fuck out of it's such a bullshit story. There's more to this there's for sure more to this and like you said you don't we don't know what they're saying behind the scenes for all i know some guy decided he grew a conscience and said i can't live with myself i'm gonna blow the whistle on this told his buddy next thing you know he's decided to commit suicide i mean these things happen all the time if you dig into this and you understand how these programs work and you and you realize who's running it one of the things that i had um when i was at anarchapulka you you can hang out with all these people these speakers you know they're everywhere i spent a couple hours in the bar with Ole. Damagard talking about Operation Gladio and you talk about these events and he has he's like an encyclopedia of conspiracy uh, and false flag knowledge I mean he's oh yeah oh yeah you gotta have have him on your show by the way he's a he's a phenomenal human being and he's and and he's great but he talked about this Operation Gladio and the first time you hear it you go "Mm, you know this sounds a little crazy well of course of course it sounds crazy. It should sound crazy the first time you're hearing it. But the more you hear it, the more you dig into it, and the more you see he has put together um, that this is a traveling roadshow of false flags. Yeah. That they go from NATO base to NATO base. Yeah. And that they leave certain calling cards behind. And if you would analyze the crime scenes and you see all the shoes laying around and you see, you, you can find clues and you can use them to piece together um, – you can you can use them to piece together not just what happened at that event, but what might happen in a future event too. As an example, there was somebody that was uh, in, a, in a shooting, and they had a big they had sweatpants that just said Las Vegas going down yeah. the side. And someone yeah. said, uh, you know what? What? Keep an eye on Las Vegas. And two weeks later, boom, that was the Route 91 Harvest Festival, which of course happened in front of a gigantic pyramid with a fucking obelisk right there. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of dark symbolism going on here. To the casual observer, it means nothing. It's another school shooting. Oh, isn't this terrible? We got to take the guns we gotta we gotta be careful we gotta watch out for the kids but to people that are trained in this it there is so much more that is happening it is like peeling an onion and uh, and you've had some great guests on lately that have talked about these things and they're they're very real and it's not it, it's easy to dismiss it it's easy for people to say you're crazy you're a conspiracy theorist or, but how come people can you know how come i can look at an event right as it happens and say there's going to be four or five things that are that that i can tell you right now are going to happen manifestos people are going to die in suicides uh their their apartments are going to be ransacked by the media uh this is going to be you know there are going to be reports of multiple shooters but only one person will be arrested they're all on psychotropic drugs yeah it it becomes like a checklist of all these things and so you know what does that make physics the laws of physics you're not you're not psychic yeah. You, just, you just understand the plan. And, the, and I think we in this audience, you know, the, the tinfoil hat audience gets it. The laws of physics get broken. Uh, a building falling at the rate of, of gravity. A bullet taking a U-turn and coming back. <laughs> um, fires. Uh, build a metal uh, being burnt at uh, 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 being burnt by forest fires when metal burns at 2,500 degrees and forest fires at the hottest they get is 1,500 degrees. Like just broken, broken, just breaking the rules of physics. Now, another thing I love is like we are now in a murder entertainment 
era of like uh, of pop culture. We can't get enough of murder television, murder docs. And what do we learn from these docs? That people get framed. That they don't always get the real murderer. And everybody's upset. Everybody's going, release Steve Avery. And we, like the list goes out. And they should get released. That's not what I'm talking about. But when you talk about these shootings, when they involve children, how people just shut down and go, fuck you. Don't say anything. It's the, these children. These are children, but I go, what if it's not the real killer? Do you want the real killer? They don't even want to hear it. It's disrespectful to ask questions when I don't know why, when all these people rush home to watch docs that are dealing with the same thing on a, on a smaller scale. One individual dying, two individual dying. But when it comes to this big thing, they don't want to hear any of it. They don't want to hear any of it because you know what? That means they, they because one, they got to start asking questions. Two, that might cause them to question their own existence. Three, that makes them question why they brought their children into this world. Four, that might stop the gravy train. And all of that is like, all, all that other stuff overrides their desire to find out who really is behind everything. And that's what crazy, drives me crazy. Because we're always right, Charlie. We've always been right. Maybe yeah, as a little- if I die, if I die under, if I if I die under mysterious circumstances, I want people to investigate it. It's not disrespectful for me for someone to go out and find the actual truth of it. It's the exact opposite. So when people say, "How dare you? You're you're disrespecting the 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 lives of these kids." First of all, you're making the assumption that the kids are actually dead. In some of these cases, they are not. Okay, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't, but but not always. And 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 who cares? Okay, if they're dead. It, it's how is it disrespectful to try and find out the truth? Because right. if you find out the truth, maybe you can prevent it from happening to another batch of kids. What are we su- supposed to just sit back and enjoy the news like it's some sort of television show and the, you know just some, some sort of like movie that we're watching? When that the answer is yes, they actually want us to sit back and do nothing. That's why I'm so so skeptical of this Q uh, uh, component because the, the Q component is is trust the plan. You know, put, leave it to POTUS, leave it to Trump. Trump's coming in on a white horse with his orange face to save the deal. No, no. Anytime somebody tells you to sit back and do nothing and put it in someone else's hands, that is a huge red flag. You do not want to do that. You do the exact opposite. The I only way this stuff more. is going to change is if you get involved and you dig into the tr- to the facts and you find out what's really going on. If you're, if what you know about these these mass shootings is what you got off off the evening evening news then you know nothing about them because there is so much more to it. They're conspiring in in, in this w- with with the people. Maybe not Anderson Cooper. Maybe Anderson Cooper wasn't given the memo on all this, but he certainly knows that he's not allowed to ask any tough questions, not that he will Oh, anyway. he's given the memo. But there's a certain – he might be given the memo because yeah, he's for drinking sure. children's blood. Yeah, somewhere. for sure. He's a vandal. But, uh, but, but it's not – my my point is that digging into this is the – it's the most respectful thing you can do. It's trying to figure out who's really involved. Is it some some wacko kid that got teased at school and then went home and got a gun? I don't know. Maybe. Let's figure it out. But I'm not going to take the FBI's word for it, and I'm not going to take the mainstream media's word for it. I'm not going to take the sheriff of Broward County's word for it or the mm-hmm. sheriff of, of Las Vegas. I'm not. I'm just not going to. These are people that cannot be trusted. So, you know, let's dig around. In it. And so lately what we've had in the last week is, of course, the new third rail, the New Zealand shooting. Well, if the New Zealand shooting is what it appears to be, and maybe it is and maybe it isn't, then why are we not allowed to see the video? 
Why yeah. is that punishable by jail time? That is that is such an unnatural response to something like this. And I don't buy that argument that they say, well, we don't want to traumatize people. Bullshit. I've watched the buildings of 9-11 come down a thousand times. Yeah. I've watched airplanes slam into buildings all the time. I've watched Columbine all the time. So now all of a sudden they want to spare me. Give me a break. That's such baloney. We know that that's not that that's not the case. So if that's not the case, why don't they want people digging into this? And the answer is that they've built they put together a story that doesn't necessarily hold up. I'm not saying that it's fake. I'm not saying that people didn't die. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that the response from the media, the immediate response from the New Zealand prime minister to ban automatic weapons there uh, says to me gigantic red flags. The fact that there were alleged to be multiple shooters right off the bat and then only one guy gets arrested and he's doing the hand signs and all that stuff. Everything about that is suspect as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not buying the official story. I'm not, you know, I, I think that there's there's more work to do. But but for us to want to know what the truth is, is n- in no way disrespectful. It's the exact opposite of that. It's the most respectful thing. It's it's our it's our duty, in fact, to dig into it. The goddamn mainstream media isn't doing their job. So somebody has to do it for them. Hey, did you see this is coming out just from the the uh, Miami Herald? Bill that would block recording of mass violence heads to he- House and Senate. Why would they pass this bill? Why would you say make it illegal to record mass shootings if fucking you weren't trying to hide everything? Oh, we don't want people to do the, this Facebook Live. By the way, if I whip my dick out on Facebook, it gets taken down. Why does this guy's video go fucking 18 minutes? I mean, like, dude, why are they bad? It's like when they, when they try to pass a law that says you can't record cops or you can't record fucking animals getting slaughtered. They don't want you to see something. It is fucking up their fucking gig dude and they're trying to control the internet and the truth of the matter is is there's people out there way smarter than them that just are one step ahead so you fucking block one thing there's a new way to see it and it's blood in the water and i don't know if they're they're that smart they want it to happen but i think they created something and it's gotten away from them dude and you're totally right with trump man i i I find it very amazing how like everybody on the right and listen Listen, I'm a truther, dude. I'm like you. We're in the truth community. And I see that people are going crazy about the Mueller shit. And we'll get in the Mueller in a few. Uh, but when I go, oh, what about weapons of mass destruction? They back off like, oh, that was a while ago. People make mistakes. Like, no, nah, dude. This is just the Russian gate is just the left's version of fucking weapons of mass destruction. Now, weapon mass destruction has caused more deaths, obviously. But you know what? This Russian thing has allowed Trump some time to get away with stuff that we should be questioning, like selling arms to to fucking the Saudis, being part of the genocide in Yemen, the fucking giving away land to Israel that's in Syria that that Israel has no right to. That they, they, they sold the land rights because there's oil there already, okay? What's going on in Venezuela that we don't have anything? And now we're fucking with Venezuela, who is straight up fucking a partner with Russia. It's like, you got to question these things. Because we are, t- dude, I don't think the Nazis got destroyed. I think they just fucking got into expansion draft, and we are part of their globalization movement that they were doing way back in the day. What's your thoughts on that? 
I'm sorry. I'm just on, I'm on bet DSI betting on when Rachel Maddow is going to commit suicide. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, with, I'm with Charlie. You're one of the best. Yeah, I, look, the, the, the Nazis didn't die. They didn't, they weren't, they weren't uh, put out of business. They were relocated here under operation paperclip and started NASA. Of course, our government was, has been taken over by that group of people. Um, you look into Prescott Bush working with them. George H.W. Bush, of course, didn't, Apple didn't fall far from that psychotic tree. Uh, and then, of course, his son. I mean, we're, we're being controlled. This is no longer the United States. America has lost control of this whole thing. You know, we talk about foreign interference in the election as Russia, 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 Russia. It's all we hear for two fucking years is Russia this, Russia that. If we want to talk about actual foreign interference Say in the U.S. It. election, why? Why aren't we talking about Israel? There we go. Why aren't we talking about them? They've got they've got half the people in Congress are dual citizens. They've got Trump wrapped around their finger. I mean, I, I think that people are so did Russia have want uh, to have a say in the election? I'm sure they probably did. Did Facebook ads do it? Give me a break. Yeah. Of course not. But they're low on my list of priorities as far as foreign governments interfere. And by the way, how hypocritical is it that the United States is all up in arms about maybe Russia interfered with our elections? Well, we do the exact same fucking thing to every country that we try to take over. What are we doing in Venezuela? I went back and rewatched the show when I was on with you six, with you guys six months ago. And I said, mark my words, we will be in, involved in a conflict with Venezuela because they have oil and they have a dictator that, or they have a, a president that doesn't work well with us. And here we are six months later. And it's exactly what's happened. I don't, you know, that's not even really calling my own shot because that is so obvious to anybody that has a has a brain and understands how our foreign policy works that when you have some place with all that oil, we're going to go out there and, and try and get it. Think of the psychopaths that are in charge of our government. Think of Mike Pompeo is saying that he thinks that maybe God put Donald Trump in the White House to be the protector of Israel. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Dude, they like, call this guy is state, the dude. He's the... It's called the state he is of in a Israel. Position of power, and he thinks this. It's called the state of it. It's not called the country of Israel. It is literally called the state of Israel. There is an argument that is is just it's our Alaska over there. I mean, and I know they. There's a good argument they run us, but it's called the state of Israel. It's not called the country of Israel. It is called the state of Israel. We have states. I mean. It's possible. Yeah. Well, I think I think the U.S. and Israel have a lot in common because because, you know, you watch the way the United States was formed. They took over a land where other people were already there. Yeah. They put them, drove them off, murdered them, gave them smallpox infested blankets and put them in concentration camps. It's exactly what Israel's been doing to Palestine for the last 50, 60 years. So, I mean, there, we have quite a bit in common as far as this. But, of course, that sort of talk will get you deplatformed on um uh, on social media and maybe even kicked off YouTube because God forbid you actually start to tell the truth about the elephant in the room that is controlling American foreign policy and it is in America. And so, you know, it, it becomes this gigantic problem when you start to expose the, the most obvious thing. So uh, it, it, the whole world seems to have been turned upside down lately. It's, it's, it's amazing. We live in crazy times and it's busy times. And that's why when you're super busy, I want you to give our new uh, sponsors a, a chance. It's HelloFresh, everybody. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step -step recipes per measured ingredients so you can just cook, 
eat, and enjoy. It's very simple, guys. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality with delicious, simple recipes. Cooking is enjoyable and easy with HelloFresh. Uh, all the meals come together in a 30-minute max, calls for less than two pots and pans, and it requires minimum cleanup. It's so easy now. Making delicious part of your every week. Three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, family, with options to switch in between between those, when you feel like your, chase, your, your taste change, you can go from veggie to classic to family. You can mix it up. Enjoy a fun menu features with HelloFresh. Fresh's dinner to lunch. 20 meals, uh, gourmet, one pot, wonder, wonders among more. Okay, it's that easy. That's right. All you have to do is go to my good friends and go to HelloFresh.com backslash Tin foil hat 80. Why the 80? Well, with the if you're a tinfoil hat listener, just you're gonna get $80 off your first first month of HelloFresh. That's right. Just go to HelloFresh.com, tin foil hat 80, and enter tin foil hat 80. So you go to HelloFresh.com backslash tin foil hat 80 and enter tin foil hat 80. Now I uh, full thing, I've ordered this. It's coming in. They're supposed to send it to me. They sent it to uh, my good friend, Corey. So ours is in the main. I'm going to get myself. I'm going to get XG some. And uh, we're going to tell you how much I love it. But I like it simple. I like it easy. Uh, I am. I, I got all skills in the world. I'm not a cooker. This makes it easy. 20 so minutes. Go, You're yeah. always running late. 20 minutes. I'm always that's, running that's quick. Pop it in. Get it out. No more No more 7-Eleven. No more 7-Eleven <laughs> ordering seafood like a scumbag. I can get real food thanks to our new, our new friends at HelloFresh. We appreciate them because we have big things coming, and they're a big part of it. So talk to me, Henry. What is this? You brought up something in your email that I didn't even know about, and that was NewsGuard, is it called? Is it called NewsGuard? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. NewsGuard. What is NewsGuard? Please yeah. tell me about this. Yeah. So NewsGuard is a new company that has decided that they're going to rate which websites are to be trusted and not trusted for fake news. They're going to give you a green, yellow, or red rating. And it's a plug-in that connects through your browser. Um, what they've done right now is they've put this company together and they've got it going into universities and um, uh, schools, universities, and uh, libraries right now. Started it in Hawaii. They're branching it out to all the states. They plan to take it international. So it, what you would do is you would go to, a, you'd go to say, Fox News, right? Foxnews.com. And it would give you a green rating, meaning that their news is to be trusted because it's accurate. <laughs> you would go to tinfoilhat.com and you would get a big red rating there, a big stop sign. <laughs> if you can get on And it. that is because you are a conspiracy. If you're a conspiracy theorist and your your facts are all wrong and you're full of lies and we're going to give you this rating. Now, um, of course, this is preposterous because right. this company, uh, when you dig into who they really are, you will find that this is the bar from Star Wars. OK, it is filled with globalist scumbags <laughs> of epic proportions. So I'm going to read you just a couple of people. So so it's found Founded by two guys. One guy, Stephen Brill. He's the guy who started Court TV, member of the Council on Foreign Relations. 
Remember that because that's going to be an overriding theme throughout all these people. The next guy is L. Gordon Kravitz. He is the former executive vice president of Dow Jones. He's the editor of Wall Street Journal. He's a board member of Business Insider, which received $30 million from the Washington Post. Want to guess what kind of rating Washington Post has? Of course, it has a green rating because they're supposed to be uh, the truth. He's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. He's edited books that were published by American Enterprise Institute. And if that name doesn't ring a bell, that's Project for a New American Century that has changed their name. Okay, so he's he's in with that crowd. Um, he's been busted for lying about NSA surveillance. He's a full-blown scumbag. So what they did is they went ahead and put together a board of directors. And the board of directors is an interesting group. So if you're wondering where they got the red, yellow, green stop sign concept, they got that from Tom Ridge. Tom Ridge was the first director of Homeland Security. Remember, yep. he gave you the color-coded terrorist threat system. Oh, no, it's bright red. That means that we're going to you – know, there's going to be a, another explosion coming these days. So he's on their, <laughs> he's on their board. If you're trying to, if you're putting together a company that is going to ma manage the expectations of people, tell who is to be trusted and who is not trusted. Who is the last person in the world you would put on your board of directors? Well, you would put Michael Hayden. Michael Hayden's the former director of the NSA. He's the former director of the CIA. He is uh, a member of the Chertoff Group. He's a chairman of the board of BAE Systems, which is a British uh, bomb manufacturing company. And he's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Another guy that's on their board is a guy that you've mentioned before. His name is Richard Stangle, which doesn't really ring a bell. He's the former editor of Time Magazine. He's yes. a distinguished fellow at the Atlantic yes. Council and he is you know who he is he's he worked in the Obama White House and he described his job he called him as in the State Department as chief propagandist he's the guy on the video at the Council on Foreign Relations and that panel discussion where he's saying I like propaganda I think yeah. propaganda is good I think there's a place for it and he's that fucking guy and he's, he's the on their board of, of directors uh, He's the opposite of uh, what Nick Pope is that his name? The UFO, the UFO expert who doesn't believe in UFOs. <laughs> if you're the head of propaganda, you should believe in propaganda. <laughs> Would you agree? I mean, like that's crazy. Now, here's my big problem with all this: is like, um, they're, 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 uh, these guys. Who defines what fake news is? Because more and more, we're finding now with this. When we'll get into it, the Mueller investigation, which spurred the fake news, which was from the Russians. The Russians were putting out fake news. We find that whole thing is crashed and burned. It doesn't exist. So where's fake news coming from? If we found out, I mean, like that. It, this, this sounds like this is from like when we're. Ever, they sound like they. Is NewsGuard trying to get us ready for Y2K as well? You know, because our computers might crash. It's just like fake news seemed like a monster from 2016. Then 2019 makes no fucking sense because we found out that it was all a lie. And anybody with any fucking brains knows that this was all bullshit. Okay. So what, who is going to get into this? Who's going to tell you this? This isn't good. Is it going to be like, is it going to be harder to get to my website? Is like, uh, GoDaddy or whoever's hosting my website going to put up a warning? Bef like, how, how do they plan on basically, I mean, because you, you can go to WikiLeaks right now and they list of fake news websites. Interesting InfoWars is on there, which I find hilarious how right that guy is. He's not perfect, but, you know, and I have my issues with him as well. 
But, um, you know, it's like, why is InfoWars on there? Why is InfoWars there when he's been right about the Russian shit? He's been right about wiretapping Trump and all that shit. Who defines this? How does this still hold after the Mueller investigation comes out and they find no collusion? Well, it's who defines it are, are people like Michael Hayden and Richard Stengel, these guys that are on the board of directors. They define it. The ex-head of the of the CIA and the ex-head of NASA is going to tell you what the truth is. I mean, it's laughable. It, it would actually be more laughable if it wasn't so goddamn scary because there's a second component to that, and it's called brand guard. So NewsGuard is going to take all these websites and assign them a rating, right, a, a color scheme. And so if you're just the average guy and you cl- you wind up on InfoWars, you're going to see a big red sign that says no. So you're going to go, oh, okay, well, this must be fake news. So I'm going to go to the green site, which is real. Obviously, we all know that it's completely inverted. But then there's brand guard is a separate component. And what that does – is this is a, a program that they'll license out to the advertising agencies. And they'll say to the advertising agencies, look, fake news is a big problem. You have all these advertisers that want to advertise, but they're afraid of their brand being associated on, with the wrong content. They're, they're afraid of being associated with, with fake news. So what we're going to do is you license the software from us. We will tell you which websites your advertisers should advertise on and which ones they shouldn't advertise oh on. So if you're James God. Corbett, Corbett Report, he's going to get a big red. He's going to get a big red stop sign. And then all of the advertisers that might have advertised on him, if he'd come through, if they'd come through an ad agency, which a lot of them do. I used to work for an ad agency, so I understand how it works. The media buyers and the media planners figure out where they're gonna where they're gonna place these ads. His site will come up as do not advertise on. So they're going to get you that way. They're going to try and take away your ad revenue and try and bleed you dry in that component as well. So if the people decide, yeah, it's got a red, a red X on it. I don't, I don't care. Um, I, I will, uh, you know, I'll still see it anyway. That's one thing, but they can take away your finances by, by, uh, going after, by, by limiting the amount of, uh, advertisers that would consider your page as a place to advertise. And then, and then what's, what's nice about this, from Google or Facebook's point of view is that they don't have to be the bad guys anymore. They can say, hey, don't blame us. NewsGuard is is who we've outsourced this to. So if you have a problem, take it up with them. We're not telling people that your your site isn't any good. They are. You know, so the, so this is just a way to get to buy a little uh, a little distance for themselves so that they don't look like the bad An guys. Extra of course, step. It, yep. it, it's totally corrupt. Like, it, 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 and, and and this is and this is their plan. By the way, they're super connected to uh, ad agencies and the the funding for these for this uh, news guard is coming from some really really big players that have dirty ties to public relations firms firms that have that have represented the uh, union carbide in the bhopal explosion they represent monsanto and bayer uh, they, you know so you've got you've got money and influence that uh, comes from representing some of the dregs of humanity like monsanto and they're going to finance this so what do you think if you've got a website and you're going to run a critical story about how GMOs are killing people and this company NewsGuard has an advisor on their on their board that used to is is a board member of Monsanto do you think that do you think you're going to get a big red X website you goddamn right you will that's because they're going to make sure of it so the pharmaceutical industry the military industrial complex 
and the big advertising and public relations firms are backers of this company. So what they're going to do is they're going to go hunt down anybody that's critical of those three industries. You're anti-war, boom, red star. You're going to get a big X on you. You're going to get no ad revenue. So this is the most dangerous company to free speech that nobody's ever heard of. It's new. It's out there. Take a look at it. Check it out because you'll start to see it coming up pretty soon. And, um, you know, obviously the viewers here, I'm one of them. We know what's up. We, we're not falling for this bullshit, but your parents might or your friends might. So it's worth explaining to them that there's more to this company than what you, you see. Don't just assume that they're telling you the truth when they put a rating on one of these websites, uh, because there's a way more to the story than 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 what you might think. Oh, man, I mean, it's just it's so interesting how they're trying to control the message. And I just think it's I mean, like, I know that this is too many steps. I know my mother isn't going to check out any of this stuff. I know my listeners will go to, go to me. I, I want people also to start checking out these other websites. I think it's very important to support the websites that are trying to get out the, 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 the freedom of speech, which is uh, gab.com. That's G-A-B.com. Uh, it's slow growing, man. But it's like it's like Twitter, but for free speech. Go check it out. Uh, you can find mine if you go to a tinfoil hat on that, or I think it's gab.com, Sam Tripoli. You can see it on there. And then uh, bit oot, I bit shoot. I want b i t c h u t e dot com backslash tinfoil hat. Uh, all the all I mean all the videos go up on there so if anything happens with our YouTube channel you'll always be able to find the back videos there I think it's very important can you find those real quick and show them what they look like Um, this is the gab.com okay gab.com all this all the bitch shoot videos are there Uh, if you go to bitch shoot can you check it out b-i-t-c-h-u-t-e dot com backslash tinfoil hat check that out because i'm putting all the oh there we go see that's where the videos are going right there you get all the videos right there you could support it and it just really it's for freedom of speech they're trying their hardest to keep it freedom of speech uh i mean eventually some guy will try to put kitty porn on there and they'll ruin it and then all of a sudden the censors will come in because some scumbag always has to ruin it it always has to be the worst the worst now i want to talk to you uh but obviously uh, we'll move into the other thing now that the Mueller russian gate bullshit is over like wh- what is your feeling over the last three years charlie like wh- like the people have been pushing this like we've seen a lot of the guys who pushed the weapons of mass destruction on fox news they're gone some reason sean hannity's still there what happens at MSNBC where they push this narrative that everybody knew in the truth community was basically, um, they basically set these guys up. What's that called? Um, fuck in the news. It's ah, fuck. It was basically, um, they basically set it up. They had, uh, Carter page and Stefan helper set this whole entrapment. It's called entrapment. They basically was entrapment on Palapalapalapadis or whatever his name is. Uh, they did entrapment and, uh, people were looking away cause it was the orange man and nobody cared. And now that basically Robert Mueller, who is a pure scumbag came out and said he couldn't find anything and whether he really was trying or not because I think Trump has been doing a lot of the what the deep state likes. I know people are going to get mad when they hear this, okay? And I say those words, it drives them nuts, 
But if you look what he's doing, I mean, yes, he's going to the pedophiles, and that I, that means a lot to me. But there's a lot of other stuff with foreign policy that's straight up deep state shit. Um, where, what do you think happens with MSNBC? Well, well, actually, first, let me go back really quick and just say that one more place to, to get some really good information, Facebook page, tinfoil hat. That group is filled with some smart dudes in there. Charlie, Wall, Bancroft, Jarek Ray, those guys, if you don't bring it in there, they, they will clobber you. So get in there, be a member of that group. Dude, some good information I love you, Charlie. Motherfuckers in there you too. are the best hype I'm man you, ever. But, dude. but as far as... <laughs> but it's fun. Look, MSNBC, it's got it's got to be like a funeral over there. Right. The, the, the lead up for this. This is like watching a porno for two and a half years and getting to the end. And then it's just like the limp. No, yeah. like, there's nothing. There's nothing there. And, and, and um, you know what? what and they're not going to stop now. They're like, oh, well, you know what really happened is. Trump got to him, so he can't say what he really wanted to say. I mean, it's like it never ends. There, there's no end to this. We all knew this was bullshit from the beginning. I mean, it, it, is is Donald Trump uh, corruptible? Of course. We none of them. We don't like Hillary. We don't like Donald Trump. We understand that these people are psychopaths. That they're totally compromised. But I don't know that. I don't know that. I mean, if you think that the Russians. Th- through this election, I mean, just because of, of of Facebook ads, you're out of your mind. So <laughs> MSNBC has concocted this whole thing. Here's here's my theory on it, and 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 I don't, I can't prove it, but I think this might actually be part of it. Hillary, okay, nobody expected Hillary to lose. She took a lot of money into the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Global Initiative, hundreds of millions, if not billions and billions of dollars that was that came in on the assumption that she was going to win. She thought she was going to win. She mailed it in for the last month. She didn't show up. She dropped dead or whatever on 9-11 being (laughs) dragged into a van. She mailed it in. She thought she had it in the bag. When it didn't happen, all of those people that contributed money to her account went, what are you going to do now? We want our money back. Well, that money's gone, right? Of course, it's, it's gone. And she said, I didn't lose the election. The Russians stole it from me. That's what happened. They're the problem. It wasn't me because God forbid Hillary ever take any responsibility for anything she's ever done. It was them. It was those dirty rush. We got to get them. And what does MSNBC and CNN do? They jump right on board because here we go. This is a great story. Oh, Trump colluded with the Russians. He didn't actually win. How could he win? He's a reprehensible human being. Of course he is. But so is she. You know, you had the, the, the two worst candidates in the world. So they think, oh, well. The only way Donald Trump could have possibly won is if somebody threw it for him. Well, you know, I, I, I think the Russians probably cared who won, but I, I've said this before, I've said it and I'll say it again. They had already been working with Hillary Clinton on the Uranium One deal. So it's not like, you know, it's not like they didn't think they could work with her. I don't think that mattered who got in. But as far as their, their collusion, as far as making, throwing the election in his favor, I think the Russians would prefer to have Clinton in there, to be honest with you. They've already worked with her. They know how dirty she is. Of course, Trump's just just as dirty, but he's an amateur. He's not even playing the game the right way. Uh, and and I, uh, you know, I don't I think MSNBC and CNN will have to spin this because the last thing they're going to do is actually go, OK, you know, we were wrong. We got it wrong. We're sorry. We got it wrong. That's never 
going to happen, right? They're never going to admit that. They're going to say, there's more to this story. We're going to find out what's, there's more, they're so deep that we can't even tell you what's happening. We're going to get into it. And they're just going to continue, blah, 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 blah. I mean, this is just, it's, frankly, it's embarrassing. The mainstream media has embarrassed themselves over the last decade, but this, oh, this has taken sure. it to a new, a new low. Um, and, and I think MSNBC and CNN and all those scumbags in there and Fox too, because I, I don't, I don't think that they're, all that much more no dude than stop fox the news is they should not take them all and just flush them down the toilet good so let's i don't know how we've gotten this is how bad msnbc is that we've gotten to the point where we're starting to question whether fox news is a legitimate thing let's not forget they helped light us in to the iraq and afghanistan wars weapons of mass destruction is on par with russian collusion i would say even worse because more people have died okay let's not forget that let's not pretend that's bygone we are still in afghanistan we are still guarding poppy fields we are still killing people in the middle east we're still dropping bombs and those now i guess somebody said we pulled out of iraq we still have permanent bases there even Trump said he's going to keep a permanent base there. It's like, what are we doing, dude? It's like, stop, stop, stop trying to make Sean Hannity. He just happens to be on the right side of this particular fucking story. It, you know, broken clock is right twice a day. I don't understand it. Like, you know, Charlie, you've been nailing it, dude. And I'm with you on all. I'm not saying that you are, you're wrong here, of course. But like, I would go to Charlie before I go to anybody on Fox or on <laughs> MSNBC. Charlie's fucking nailing it, dude. And that guy just drinks ayahuasca and throws up on people. He's not taking 10 fucking mil from fucking a corporation owned by the military industrial complex. Like, Dude, you know, there's no other place that Rachel Maddows can make that money unless she learns how to become a power forward in the NBA. It's not or a fucking designated hitter in Major League Baseball. She's never going to make that money, dude. She is on the nipple. And I know she's just like a sexy lesbian and the progressives <laughs> love those fuckable lesbians and they love to be able to fucking say, oh my God, look at the unicorn of truth. She lied to you and she knew she was lying. And how do I know that? Because I'm a dick joke, late night, illiterate comic, and I fucking knew that they were fucking lying to you. And I laid it down to you. And then my girlfriend finally goes, Oh my God, you're you're like it she just she finally gave in after three years of me just fucking sleeping on the couch because I didn't want to hear her mouth anymore. <laughs> uh, her talking about fucking, oh, did you hear the latest thing? And like, she just kept moving the goalpost. Every day was a new, like, oh, now it's the Russian mobs. Get the fuck out of here, man. There are things I hate Trump about. This just happened to be one of them, right? Yeah. It's, it's fucking nuts. It's stupid. It's stupid, dude. Uh, it's stupid. Well, Jim, you, you know, as you know, the best the best place to get your news now is Jimmy Dore. Yeah. Go to Jimmy Dore. He <laughs> seems to be right on it, you know. And like he like he says, like you, what am I? I'm just a, a Jagoff nightclub comedian. Yeah. yeah. Well, guess what? He's doing a better job than all those other people that are getting paid twelve million dollars a year, and he's doing it in his garage. And you know why? Because he can say what he thinks, and he can see what's really going on, and so he speaks the truth. And guess what? He's got a half a million subscribers. They're fucking terrified of people like that because they can't be controlled and they do it in a way that's really funny. You remember when The Daily Show came out and people would watch that and they'd go, 
I know John Stewart is making fun of these events, but I'm understanding them because he's putting a funny spin on it. That really connected with me. Part of when I when I wrote my book was I thought, you know, I have to make it funny. I have to find the humor in this insanity because it will keep people hooked in a little bit longer, you know, and keep them through some of the darker stuff. I got I understood that he was making fun of things, and I understood the story behind it, too. It was a great way to deliver the news, and Jimmy Dore does that better than anybody else, and I watch his show all the time, and guess what? He is beside himself ecstatic with the Rachel Maddow thing. He, his episode that was on that I watched today was so funny. He was just laughing, just outright laughing uncontrollably at her trying to spin this whole thing. You can't spin it. There's no spin for this. You lied. You lied and you got caught. It all came to an end and you got busted. Just go, okay, we're out. You know, uh, it's been nice working here, but, uh, you know, we staked our reputation on this and we were wrong and we knew we were going to be wrong. We just thought Mueller would figure it out. Let me remind people of something really quick. Robert Mueller is the same son of a bitch that sat in front of Congress and said, weapons of mass destruction, we have to go into Iraq. Yep. So this guy is not on the side of truth. And if that scumbag couldn't find something dirty, I don't know who could because he's not afraid to to be a lot. I mean, he's not some some, uh, you know, holy roller who's going to go up there and tell the truth, the truth and nothing but the truth. I mean, this guy is, is has proven he would perjure himself in front of Congress in order to sell a war that killed millions of people. So he's a scumbag, too. So, you know, <laughs> congratulations, CNN that. and NBC, MSNBC. You staked your entire reputation on this stupid fucking story that everybody in the truth community knew was bullshit. And now it's the end of you. Bye bye. Have fun. You deserve it. Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of people. I couldn't agree with you, dude. I want everyone to go back to my last one of my appearance on the live Jimmy Dore show, myself and with Greg Anthony, and see what I was saying before everybody was there. And I, I was breaking it for, to Jimmy. Carter Page was a plant. If anyone ever tells you there, oh, you don't know what's in it, you haven't seen it, go look up Carter Page, look up Stephen A. Helper, and how he was an old spook who was being a professor at Cambridge University in England, and how they fucking did entrapment on that guy. They planted Carter Page on his tr transition team. They used that to get the FISA, FISA fucking uh, FISA uh, warrant, and then they fucking... They wiretapped Trump, and you can say whatever you want about Trump. That was a legal wiretap, and that was a president, Barack Chocolate Jesus Obama, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking, basically wiretapping the orange fucking man, Donald Trump. So just know that you are looking away because you don't like a guy. You don't like him, so you're going to let the rules change. And just remember, if they do it to him, they'll do it to fucking you. So even if you don't like somebody, that's why even the most disgusting human being has the right to a fair trial. You know, when the ACLU, and we could talk about whether they're funded by Soros or not, but when they defend a pedophile or a murder of a kid, and you're like, fuck those guys, you're like, dude, you have to defend their rights in order so when you get, you get charged, you have the benefit, of, you have a, a real, you have the rights to the trial, and it sucks, because I hate those pedophiles. Throw them in a wood chipper for all I give a <laughs> fuck, you know, but we have to defend the basic rights, dude. We have to defend the basic rights. And uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a crazy time. We are more right, Charlie, than we are wrong. Charlie, do you like boners? Do you like big boners, rock hard boners? Well, you know, I want to welcome our new uh, sponsor. I mean, I, I like my own. Yeah. But you got I don't like other people's well, that much, but well, I'm you fine with my own. You sound prejudiced because you got to check out our good friends at Blue Chew. 
Welcome, our new friend. Yeah, guys, let's talk about sex, good sex. Remember the days when you always had and they were ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get extra confidence in bed. Bluetooth.com. The blue, like the color blue. Bluetooth brings you the first chewable, chew, first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis, as you, and you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever you have the opportunity arises i love blue chew i take them i love boners dude i like popping boners i like angry boners i used to have this monster boner that my ex-girlfriend loved because i would just sleep and be rock hard and then she would get on she's like listen you're not the biggest guy I have six inches of fucking monster thunder, and I bring I bring the the force of a thousand rock gods. But that's why I like to use blue, blue chew. What? No more need for rhinos. No more. No, no more, going more to gas need, stations. Yes, no more need for that shit. You you don't need Dude, no prescription. These I, fucking work. I'm willing to tell you that probably gas station boner pills uh, are CIA. They're put out there through the CIA, dog. So it's really easy. Now, the, now the, I love Blue Chew. I get it all the time. It's really simple, man. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use this promo code HAT. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code HAT. Try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster, and we thank them for sponsoring us. Dude, Charlie, next time you're in, I'm going to give you a whole gacker of Blue Chew. We're going to chop it up, and we're going to gack it out, and we're going to talk whether Pornhub yeah. is a fucking CIA thing that's been put out to get us all into deviant shit. Allegedly, I heard that if you got that Coke dick, this still works. I hope so. Of course it yeah, does, yeah. dude. That, yep. Allegedly, I don't know where it came the from. Word it's not my, yeah, is. word on the street is. Oh, that's the best advertising you get. Hey, yo, if you got Coke Dick, try Blue Chew. All right? It's a lot of fun. I'm thankful that they're sponsors. And the good shit we got coming up, you guys are going to thank these sponsors as well. They're a big part of our thing. And I want to get into real quick some social media de platforming. Uh, Charlie, you, got, you were in Twitter jail. I was in Twitter jail recently for telling the guy to suck a shotgun or deep throat a shotgun. I mean, it happened instantly. Instantly, I got banned for 24 hours. What happened to you? What did you get banned for? I got banned for responding to one of your tweets. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies, buddy. My apologies. Well, you... Well, look, you said Kathy Griffin. It was a Kathy Griffin thing, and you called her retarded. And what I said, what I responded back was, perhaps they didn't get the memo that there's no rules in comedy. Retarded, retarded, retarded. Bam, I got thrown in Twitter jail for 24 hours. I can't believe they do that. It's unbelievable to me. So today, I got a death threat from a woman named Elliskin McCain. A McCain. I think it's either the the niece or a daughter, I don't know. She's a McCain. She lives in Tucson, and she's uh, she's been trying to deplatform me. She threatened me with violence in my Tucson show. Uh, she she went nuts. Now I normally wouldn't report anybody. I've gotten death threats before. They make me laugh. I just wanted to see if someone with a blue check with a McCain by their name would get at all de- uh, uh, put in Twitter jail. So let's go see right now if she is in Twitter jail. Let's see real quick. Uh, ask him McCain. Let's see. She might have. Um, she might have. 
deplatformed me. Uh, she might have blocked me, so I can't look it up. Can you look it up real I'm, quick? I'm looking up. Right? I'll spell you. I'll spell you her name. It's E L S K E McCain. E M. M. Okay, it's E L S K E M C C A I N. So let's see if she is still there, and uh, because she literally said about bombs and guns, uh, see if she's still there. Let's see. Boom. There we go. Let's see if she's still there. Oh, she's blocked me, so I can't see if she's still there, but I think she is. Uh, Yeah, if you guys want to see if she's there, she's actually somewhat of a smoke show. Uh, that makes me sad that she's mad at me, but she's a film artist or some shit like that. But right? she's a McCain in Tucson. She says I called out the the governor, uh, the mayor, who's a Rothschild, and I, I I called out fucking her dad, uncle, friend for being a piece of shit for starting ISIS. And I just don't like what's her, McCain on the View, dude. I don't know why she's there. She doesn't bring any value. Uh, maybe calling her hot garbage was mean, but I'm not a fan of her. So. That's it. And she got mad at me and she's threatened me with violence and death. So should be interesting. Tickets for that show are still on sale. So uh, let's see if she gets the platform. Well, that runs in the McCain family to threat violence and death. I mean, he, he seemed to make a, quite a living of, of doing that. I mean, like, dude, it's coming out right now with this Russian stuff that he basically wanted to use the IRS to cripple people financially. I mean, McCain, his daughter's thinking about getting off because all this stuff's coming out about her dad. And her dad basically started ISIS. And we all know it. You remember when uh, you remember uh, ISIS was starting to back off and then all of a sudden McCain does this, uh, does this trip to the Middle East and all of a sudden ISIS was back bombing and shooting and he's pictured with all those guys right there. Someone tried to tell me those aren't them. It's like, it's totally them, dude. Totally them. What is your thoughts on McCain? Well, you know, when he did that whole bomb, 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 Iran thing, that's hilarious. Talking about murdering millions of people. You know, you would think that somebody that was in a war, that was in a chicken coop in a POW camp would have a little bit more uh, compassion. But you would be completely wrong when it comes (laughs) to John McCain because he was the first person that wanted to rain down bombs on people. He didn't give a shit about anybody. And, you know, the people that were in Vietnam that knew him do not have good things to say about that guy. So I have no sympathy for that guy. I think his daughter who's on the view is a piece of garbage as well uh and and you know i i I, I don't care for the whole family i mean you were talking about nepotism she has no business being on television she's terrible at her job she sucks and and she did that fake crying thing everybody's anti-semitic i'm a i'm consider myself to be jewish shut up you are not you're just a big phony that's what you are like the rest of the 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 bush daughter jenna bush who has a has a job on these are jobs on on these horrible platforms that should be going to other horrible human beings, yeah. not McCain's and Bush's. But yeah. that's the world we live in. That's, how, about, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. If you have the right last name, then you can you can get yourself a, a million dollar a year job talking about nothing on television. It'd be, it's, it's, it's like it's the Mika. world we live What's in. her name from Morning Joe? Mika? Her uh, dad is like basically the guy who Mika, came up Mika with... Mika Brzezinski. Yeah. Her dad, there's a famous quote that like it, in the past it was easier to control a million people than to kill a million people. He says now it's easier to kill a million people than control a million people. And he took pride in that quote. It's, it's a, it's one of the first videos on my YouTube, him saying that quote. And it's like, 
What it's a in my book. Giant piece of shit. And why is his daughter on Morning Joe forming national consensus on issues when her father was basically part of the fucking the the military industrial complex? You know, uh what's his face on Conan O'Brien? Um God, I can't remember his name. Who is one? When, uh, uh, Henry Kissinger's son is like a fucking executive producer on Conan. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what? I mean, that man, when you look at what happened in Agent Orange in Vietnam and you realize what we did to that area of the country and that guy's executive producing a TV show, it's like, how are these people allowed to just walk freely amongst this shit without making some fucking apology for the, what their parents did. Fucking gross. Fucking gross. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's reprehensible, but this, this is, this, this is how you, this is how it goes. You get guys like you get Minka Brzezinski in there. Her dad wrote the global chessboard where he talked about Eurasia as being the focal point, meaning Afghanistan and the Caspian region. There, talking about how that is the, the area that you want to control. And guess what? He's the guy that was supplying arms to the, to the Afghans who were fighting the Soviets. And then of course he was pushing for us to get involved in, uh, in in September after September 11th to go into Afghanistan. Of course he was. He said that he talked about that being the region that you have to control if you want to control the world. It's the gateway between the Middle East and Asia. And now all of a sudden, you know, then his daughter gets a gets a job on a morning show. Of course, they're not really talking about anything all that real. But still, the fact that she even has a platform to do that is ridiculous. But that's how it goes. That's how these globalist scumbags, uh, they do it. They get their families involved. And I'm sure Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough are going to have a kid someday. And and they'll probably have a job doing the same stupid thing, telling people lies for a living. And that's just that's just that's the why. Why are people still watching the mainstream media? Why are they watching it? It is such a train wreck. I can't understand why people even turn it on. Turn on the internet instead. There's way more interesting things going on online than there are uh, on your TV. And I just love hearing all these people bitching about YouTube videos. These YouTube videos, you know, they're just putting out the stuff. You don't know it's true. Well, what I do know is what's on the news is not true. And I know if all the news channels across the spectrum is talking about, it's really not true. OAC, whatever her name is, uh, how she entered, she answered a fucking, uh, 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 a casting call and then everybody from last week's show with last episode's like Sam that's bullshit making up go look at it dude they openly admit it I, I like I mean like dude I, I was part of the democratic socialist for a short time I'm not part of any party now but look at that man they straight up did a casting call and they're like wow we found a hot brunette with a big set of cans who just is willing to go into the fucking viper pit and talk mad shit and I guarantee you this everybody a sex tape is coming it's coming you can hear it right now it's coming and they're going to use that to make it. Oh, poor fucking OAC. Poor OAC. She's getting back to my, you know, it's all part of this fucking plan, dude, to fucking push this chick into the fucking presidency or do something because this chick enter, answered a fucking casting. Casting. What are we doing? It's ridiculous. But you tell she me. She said it. There's a video of her. There's a video of her admitting it. She said, "She said I went to a casting and I answered the call." I mean, it's you're not making it up. She's on the record saying it. 
It's ridiculous, dude. And, <laughs> it's just, it's, but you're going to tell me madness. YouTube's bad. Somebody at home putting in his own time and effort into making a video, hoping that people watch it to enough to get a little Google Sense money, okay? Or maybe to get a sponsor on it for a couple hundred bucks. But that's full of shit. But the people on MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News who are all owned by fucking giant military industrial complex companies is fucking totally true. That's what I thought. I mean, at least the guy making YouTube videos might be right. You know that the mainstream media is definitely not right. It's it's not even worth watching. Unless the only point is to watch, to hear how ridiculous their stories are. Then in that case it's worth watching. But but if you're if you're actually trying to get news from them, you're you're wasting your time. Yeah, and then you got these then you're seeing who's getting taken down, who's getting not taken down. There's people out there just like just spewing hate speech. That don't get their channels down. But people put out the truth and make no doubts about it. It's the truth. You're putting out the truth. And you got these guys who put out hate speech. Nothing happened. Why? Because they're agents of chaos, dude. And they put it out and they get people to fight with each other. They're going after gays, Jews, Mexicans. All these never getting taken down. Because they bring division. They bring people to fight with each other. It's the true people out there that fucking scare everybody. And I, I thought that R.A. brought a good point. Why they get rid of Flat Earth? Well, because then, then it makes it laugh at the people the 9-11 and maybe the fucking true remedies. Maybe. Or they're scared of you looking at Flat Earth. I don't know, but it just doesn't make any sense what they're picking. And two of them make sense. The, the, the remedies that cure everything and the 9-11 videos, they make sense why they want to take them down. Why they want to take down flat earth videos. I don't know. What's your thought on who they take down and who they don't take down, Charlie? You know, it's interesting for sure, man. Well, one thing I've learned, I, I've learned from the, the flat earth stuff is that I need to take geometry again because I don't know enough about it. But I think anybody that's talking about something that's actually true is going to get themselves, uh, find themselves in either deplatformed, demonetized, shadow banned, um, or, you know, or just outright kicked kicked off of, of YouTube. If you're making too much sense, if you're going against things like, well, it, it's the Atlantic Council that has had a huge influence in this. They're a group of, that is financed by the pharmaceutical industries and the military industrial complex. And they have been brought in by Facebook and Twitter to advise them on what sort of uh, stance to take on some of these al- alternative media uh, channels and things like that. The Atlantic Council, because of who they are and because of who, who finances them, sells tells them take anything off that's anti-vaccine take anything off that is uh anti-war uh because that's bad for business for them take any you know take anything off that that contradicts the official narrative so if you if you come out and you're anti-vaccine or if you come out and you're saying we shouldn't be invading venezuela or we shouldn't be thinking about going into iran they will consider you to be the enemy because they're being advised facebook and twitter being advised by a group above them Atlantic Council and Atlantic Council is being told, well, they don't really have to be told what to do. This is how they feel about these things. They want people that are discussing those things shut right up. And so that's why you're getting banned. That's why you're getting people uh, kicked off. It's not it's Facebook, but they're doing the the work uh, in the bidding of somebody else. And that is the Atlantic Council. And I hate to go all Eddie Bravo, but, you know, for people that don't know about it, look into it. I'm with you on that. And dude, we love going Eddie Bravo. Go hard in the paint. Um, 
For sure. Uh, I want to talk about who's behind Google, who's behind YouTube, who's behind Facebook. We always hear that they're private companies. They have the right to do what they want. But when you look at them, they all got seed money from the CIA shell companies, which basically is using taxpayer money to fund these things. So we funded this. We have the right to question. They're not private. They're publicly traded. So why, where do you get the private thing? I mean, and there's such a big part of the market that they should be a utility. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I agree with that. They also took a lot of these, these companies took early round funding from venture capitalists like Sequoia Capital, Kleiner Perkins, uh, Draper, Draper Fisher Jurvetson, these, these large Silicon Valley uh, venture capital fr- firms that are heavily influenced by the military industrial complex and DARPA and CIA and, and InQtel and places like that. So the money comes with strings attached. You know, these, these, these people that rise up, uh, whether in politics or in big business, especially in the tech world, if they take money from people, if you take money as a politician to finance your campaign, you are indebted to the people that gave you that money. If you take money as a venture, you know, from a venture capital company as a startup, you are indebted to them to some degree. They sit on your board. They control, they control shares. They control, they have a say in your business. So those companies have been, those venture capital companies are, are part of the problem here too, because they have people sitting on their board that are from Atlantic Council and, and DARPA and CIA and places like that. So, you know, it, it, it's a, it's, it follow, as they say, follow the money, right? When the money's coming from InQtel, which is the venture capital firm uh, division of the CIA, you've got problems. Because it's a way of the CIA being involved without advertising that they're involved. And a lot of these tech companies took money from them. Uh, and, and if they took it from other venture capitalists, um, then you have to you have to look into them, too. So um, Silicon Valley is a very dirty place. It's the next frontier. I think that the that this deplatforming and the social media uh, constraints that have been put in place by, you know, people like, uh, you know, Media Matters and run by David Brock and, and groups like that. It, they're up to no good for sure. They don't even really care any longer. If you know that they're involved, they're outright um, talking about it, raising money based on it, to explaining to their investors that, hey, we've got Facebook and Google and Twitter on board with us for these things. So, you know, I don't know how much control somebody like Jack Dorsey actually even has because his hands are tied to a certain degree because he's part of a board. Yes, he's the CEO of Twitter, but there are other people that are even above him. He could be kicked out of that that role. So he has to toe a certain line with them he might let's say he might want to change some of these things i'm not saying that he does but but he might want to um he could be slapped down pretty quickly by his uh, board of directors and by the investors and also by the government too the government can say do this our way or we come after you guys you want to be you want to have us uh, sick the irs on you and create a bunch of you want some tax audits, then play ball. And, and of course, nobody wants that. And that's that's the dirty way the government plays uh, plays ball with these people. So, you know, it's 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 not surprising. We saw this coming. Uh, it's going to get worse. And I, I, you know, I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the, but but this is this is going to you know, it's anti-vaccine now and it will be anti-war soon. It will be whatever you're, if it's anti the company line that you see on CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News, if you're talking about something against that, it won't be long before you're deplatformed too. And, you know, so um, it'll be back to cat videos and kids playing video games, and that'll be all that YouTube is. Yeah, there's no kids' video games either. Oh, no. Lord. Taking those oh, away. Oh, Lord. 
Oh, Lord. Okay, I want to get into <laughs> vaccines with you, but we don't have a lot of time. So I want to get into this thing because, no. um, you know, we got to get Aaron home. He's been nice enough to do this. Real quick, civil asset for, forfeitures. I mean, it is a problem. Cops are starting to just pull people over, jack their shit. There's a story of a famous story about a guy winning 50 grand at a casino, driving home, getting pulled over for no reason, and uh, they jacked his cash. What's your take on that, Charlie? Well, I did a section on it that's coming out in my new book pretty soon. Civil asset forfeiture is basically when the police where, – where it started was the, the police were arresting drug dealers and they were going to take all the drug dealers' assets, take all – their money, take their houses, take their cars, and the police department was going to sell those, use the proceeds from that to help fund their operation to go after more drug dealers. So in theory, it might work. In in, in actuality, it's a disaster because what's happened is that they've discovered that there is so much money in this and that the rules, the laws that have been written are so warped in the favor of the police. It's not – if somebody pulls you – if a cop pulls you over – he can he can seize your watch, your you know your your laptop. He can say, well, you know, we have is that your laptop? Because we had a report of a laptop that looks kind of like that that was stolen, and they'll take it from you, and they'll make you sign a document there in on the spot in your car that says that you authorized this. If you don't sign that document, then they arrest you as well. And then the case that's brought against the case is brought against your property, not you. So it'll be state of Oklahoma versus four gold coins and a gold necklace, right? <laughs> And they take it first, and then you're, you have to hire an attorney to defend your property. And if you win the case, in the event that you win the case, you're, you're paid back, not by the police, but by the taxpayers. <laughs> so it's the dirtiest game in the world. And they've figured out more and more. They've taken more and more. This In 2014 – the they the civil asset forfeiture for the federal government was five billion dollars. To put that in perspective, the entire amount of goods that was reported stolen in burglaries was only three point five billion dollars. So that is more money taken by the police without any trial, without any case, than all of the money taken in burglaries in oh the country. So think about that God. for a minute. They. Oh, my God. And so they're what they're doing is that the police departments are now budgeting on this. They're counting on this when they write their when they set their budgets for the years uh, ahead. They bank on the fact that they're going to be able to take this and they'll take it's not just money. They'll take your if you get if you get a pulled over for drunk, drunk driving in New York, they'll take you to jail on a DUI. Then they'll take your car. They'll take your car because your car is an accessory to the crime. They'll sell your car. Let's say you get off on the DUI. Your car's already gone. It's sold. They took that money and they can spend it on whatever they want. They can take that money and fly all the people in their police precinct to Hawaii. There's, it's not illegal for them to do that. And they've done it. I have case. I have reported cases in my oh new book my that talk God. about that. So it is one of the dirtiest crimes. So if you're just a guy who's got a, a, an envelope full of cash because you're going to go dr- drive down the street to buy a used car from somebody and you get pulled over and the police find that money, they don't have to prove that it is drug money. You have to prove that it's not. And they'll take it from you first. Then you have to hire a lawyer to go fight it. It's crazy. 
It's 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 we could do an entire show on that another time. But well, it, it is we're going it's one of the dirty it. little secrets out there. It's called civil asset forfeiture. Look into it. Please be careful if you're driving around, you have cash or anything like that. You're not a drug dealer. You may look like a drug dealer. You don't even you don't have to be one. You just have to give you the might impression just be Mexican. of there being you some just sort might of be wrongdoing, Mexican. and they can take that money. Dude, listen to me about the whole drug thing. I mean, like yeah. the CIA runs the whole thing. Like El Chapo is just a district manager. Like he's district manager of a McDonald's. So he's just running that part of the fucking drug chain, dude. And his wife's chilling, enjoying all the money still. Yeah. still out. The kids I mean, dude, with money. Just, they didn't take his money. They didn't, they didn't take his assets. It just, it, you know what, dude? His, his fucking, uh, dude, he donated 15 mil to the, to the Clinton Foundation. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about, man? It's like, what is going on? Like, my grandpa was a cop, so I'm very much like I have a, a real love for law enforcement in its ideal form. But what have we seen? What's going on in France right now? Cops cracking skulls of their fellow fucking countrymen for a goddamn check and a, and a fucking retirement that most likely won't be there. Like, what are we doing when we see what goes on in North Dakota? And these cops go in there and crack the head of these peaceful fucking protesters. Like, what are you doing, man? When did you decide it was okay to become stormtroopers? Now, I know that there's a level of psychopath, that there are some guys who get into cops. My buddy used to be a cop. He told me, he's like, oh, dude, we get paid to beat people up. I was like, dude, that's a really scary fucking thing, dude. A real scary fucking thing, dude. You know? And what are we doing, man? Where are we going? Like, do you not watch movies, man? When you work for the oppressors, you eventually become oppressed. The people who become oppressed are your brothers, your sisters, your nephews, your sons, your daughters, and your fucking cracking skulls in the name of people that wouldn't give a fuck if you were dead or alive. Or alive or dead. Whichever order that should have gone. Let's also... Let's also remember what happened in World War II. The brown shirts rounded up everybody and murdered them early on. But then the SS murdered the brown shirts, okay? So if the police think that they're going to come in and just push people and take them out and do all this stuff, remember, there's another – there's a plan for them as well, and it won't end well. So this is this is what tyrannical governments do. They do things like that. Yeah, You talked about that with the Seth Rich, you know, having MS – the MS-13 hit squad comes in, two guys – and then they get killed after. Yeah, of course, that's what you do. You tidy up. You make sure that there's no nobody there's nobody uh, left to uh, to talk about the situation. So for those police out there that think it's cool to crack the heads of people, just remember, you know, it comes around. You, you're doing it today to them. Wait till they bring the military back into the states, and then the military's job is to go crack your heads because this is how it goes. This is just look at history. This is how these things play out. And, dude, what happens to the fucking elites? I've seen the Terminator movies. There's no Rothschilds in the Terminator movies, okay? Once Matrix goes full fucking awareness, guess what? They take out the lizard people, too, okay? The robots over... It goes fucking... It goes, it goes serpent over eagle over fucking robot. But the robots take out the eagles because they try to take out the serpents, dude. Wake up, lizard people. Wake up. Robots are coming for you, too. AI don't give a fuck about your bloodline, homeboy. All right? 
And they got no blood. That's they why. got no blood. They got circuits and they need power and they need us to sleep because they feed off our pain and suffering. You fucking lizard people. Wake up, lizard people. Wake up. Charlie, you crushed it. You're one of my favorite guests. Now, Charlie, do you live in Southern Cal? We'll say Thanks, gen- generally. Or are you a, a, a Nevada guy? I live... I live in Denver and I commute back and forth between uh, Denver and Las Vegas for work. Yeah. Well, I want to hang out. Which is very inconvenient, but I make it work. I'd like to hang out with you, dude. I like you, dude. Right on, man. I like your thing. I'd like to powwow, man. I like you too. Powwow, come hang out, dude. Come to a show on Tuesday. Let's get some DMT. Let's sit down and make fucking bad decisions, dude. Uh, you're the best. I appreciate you guys. We're going to be doing more of these shows. (laughs) Charlie, uh, tell them about your book and where they can get it. Octopus of Global Control. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and you can get it at my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. Check it out. You're a Thanks, G. guys. XG, you're the best. All Sam, right. love you. We'll huh? see you soon. I crushed it today. XG, you crushed it. <laughs> Thank you. Aaron, you were great. We'll see you guys on the other side. Take care. Bye. Boom.